Thank you for listening to the Oh I Had That Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to episode number four, The Movies That Shaped Us. Are you ready for this one, Jesse? I think so. <laughs> I know so. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, many a movies uh, bookmarked in my head and on my phone to be able to reference and discuss today. There's so many that I watched over and over again that other people might be like, really? That you're going to talk about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I wanted to uh, discuss some movies that might be a little more, like, less well-known and not the big ones, you know. But, uh, I mean, the big ones did shape us, so to speak, if that's what we're discussing. But I just feel like there were movies that I watched over and over again that other people would be like, you're really watching this? <laughs> Are there any, like, honorable mentions? Yeah, I think so. I don't think all of these should officially make the list, but there's definitely uh, ones that I watched a lot that maybe should get at least a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully everyone enjoyed Episode 3 when we discussed Nickelodeon. I felt like we barely scratched the surface on that, but... It was a good episode. Hey, how did we not mention Nick at Night once? That's what I thought, too. <laughs> we never talked about Nick at Night. I thought the same thing, like, the next day after I uh, edited the thing. <laughs> it was just like, wait a minute. We didn't discuss any of the Nick at Night shows. <laughs> when Dick Van Dyke came on, I knew I was up too late. <laughs> <laughs> when the when the TV turned black or white. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. What it's happened? like, oh, shit, time for bed. Hit the side of the TV, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> it's so strange, though, because when you think about Nick at Night in, like, the 80s, they ran 1960s sitcoms. Yeah. Well, now you think about they run, like, Full House and stuff on Nick at Night, and you're like, how can that be? But it's been just as long, oh, yeah, if seriously. not longer. That's crazy. It's sick. Wow, you made me feel so old right there. (laughs) (laughs) It it truly has been probably even longer. Almost 30 years since Full House debuted. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We're pushing 40, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're pushing 40. (laughs) Can't even imagine. You're only as old as you feel. Yeah. 47 (laughs) well so how do we want to start this one out you want me to kick it off because i i got a great i got a great jam here we can start with all right let it be known we do not know each other's picks quite yet no we do not so i thought it'd be more fun to just hear them as they go so i am going to have to kick things off with the 1984 John G. Avildsen directed The Karate Kid. Try to be best cause you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe though the going gets rough that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself try and you succeed never doubt that Mother's gonna ever keep you down You're the best 
Come on. I mean, everybody knows Danielson. This Danielson. This didn't make your list? <laughs> um, Interestingly enough, I didn't see this until my 20s. What? <laughs> I know, I know. Pick yourself up off the floor. How can that possibly be? <laughs> I, did, I did not care about karate one bit. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. Yeah, but it was on nonstop. It was on TV all the time. I don't think... I mean, I didn't. Of course, I didn't see it in the theater. I was two years old. But later in the <laughs> like late '80s, early '90s, this was on all the time. You couldn't escape it. I think we probably owned the VHS. We had a we have a mutual friend, and he was gaga for it. When he and I moved in with each other, he he finally put it on for me. <laughs> I do. I like it. I like it. I just think it's I, I, I don't need to talk about the sequels but I think that movie was pretty perfectly written um, well acted it was just a it was a good movie I mean it could be put in the like 80s teen genre but I don't think so I think it kind of stood outside of that much like some other movies we might discuss just kind of stood on their own they didn't need to be like a teen comedy but this was dramatic. It was comedic. It was inspiring. It was kind of like a young, a younger Rocky, like from the same director. Yeah. Oh, it was. That's that is. I didn't even connect that. And Roger Ebert gave it four stars. Well, if Ebert likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. And but... the other thing that made it spectacular is I saw it at the right age. To appreciate Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth Shue. I think the first movie I remember her from was Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, that's right. Well, I might, I probably saw them at the same time, though. I mean, those like earlier '80s movies, I was too young to be watching them when they originally debuted. But right. Definitely, like a like a TBS or something was showing it to me. <laughs> Why did they stop running movies? I don't understand. I feel like they showed movies all the time when I was growing up. They did, and now it's just wall-to-wall Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Oh, God. How I don't... We're not here to talk Big Bang Theory, but I just don't get how that show is still going. (laughs) It's the same joke. We're nerds. (laughs) We're passive-aggressive nerds. They might as well still be making Revenge of the Nerds movies. Is that on your list? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was one I watched a lot, but it didn't it didn't shape me. <laughs> Funny enough, I believe Larry B. Scott was Lamar, and he's in uh, Karate Kid. Mm. Same year. I believe he was a Cobra Kai, so he's on the other end of the personality spectrum for these two movies. 
Now, did I read right? Are they making a Karate Kid TV show or something oh, like that? Oh, come on. No, don't say that. No, look it up. I swear to God. Uh, um, what's his name? Zabka. Zabka's involved. Dude, and... Zabka. <laughs> uh, a lot of people uh, fight for, and I believe there's even been YouTubes about it, that uh, William Zabka was the real Karate Kid. <laughs> and that um, Ralph Macchio was actually the yeah. bully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like a uh, there's a YouTube video or something where they kind of reverse the roles and make yeah. it look like Daniel Sun's the bad guy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so YouTube beat out Netflix and Amazon to snag the Karate Kid TV series sequel. Ugh. YouTube has pulled off a major score for its subscription service, YouTube Red, and is in the process has left its competitors, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, all feeling envious. The site has landed. The sequel to the classic movie Karate Kid, titled Cobra Kai. It will be a 10-episode, <laughs> half-hour comedy series that features two of the stars from the movie, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka. The series will debut in 2018. The series, set 30 years after the tournament, focuses on Johnny. He's down and out, but reopens the JoJo to seek redemption. Daniel, on the other hand, is successful, but is struggling to find balance in his life since the death of Mr. Miyagi. Oh, my God. Why? <laughs> oh, stop going back to the well. Hmm. Well, you know, this uh, podcast is all about how hot nostalgia is right now. <laughs> I know. We're going back to the well every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are. But, I mean. <sighs> Nostalgia's hot, dude. It is hot, <laughs> that's crazy but i have to have youtube red to watch it come on for now i'm sure you know somewhere that's unfortunate i don't know if i'm okay with that are you a fan of the remake uh with hillary swank <laughs> or with will smith's kid <laughs> yeah the jackie chan one which one was Jackie Chan in? The Karate Kid from 2010. Oh, the so that's Will Smith's kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever watched it. I think I Hillary just... Swank was the next Karate Kid, right? Yeah, that was in 94. Yeah. Ten years later. I don't think I ever watched uh, the Jaden Smith one. It's not bad, but it's two and a half hours long. That's crazy. Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, we don't... I mean, I feel like people have seen this movie. They know what the gist of it is. Uh, Daniel LaRusso moves from the East Coast to California. Uh, doesn't have any friends. Gets caught up with some uh, classmates who are karate students. And they start to bully him and pick on him. And he likes a girl that the, the leader of that other crew johnny is actually previously dated so they automatically become built-in enemies and then it all comes to a climax at the all valley karate tournament after uh, daniel has found a mentor in mr miyagi the handyman at his apartment who happens to be a world-class karate <laughs> uh, life student because he learned karate in japan not in a dojo in america but uh, I don't know. It was a great movie. I liked it as a kid, and 
now, I mean, I, I'll still even stop on it and watch it just for, like you said, nostalgia. Nostalgia's hot, dude. But it's not. Could that be? Could that be like a tagline? <laughs> for oh, I had that. Yeah, it should be. Nostalgia's, Nostalgia's hot. hot, dude. <laughs> so, I this Karate Kid was two hours and six minutes. But that's okay because it's not a remake. <laughs> yeah. I did not when you said the other one was two hours, I didn't I thought this would have been like an hour forty, but it says two hours six minutes. That's crazy. I also think that the, the remake didn't use karate. I think it was mm. Kung Fu. Oh really? I think. I mean it didn't have Pat Moriarty Mor Morita. I'm sorry, Pat Morita and uh Elizabeth Shue, so I I'm out. Was she even in the second one? <laughs> Um, no, I no, so. I think it starts, he pulls up and it's like after prom or something and he's all mad and he basically says they broke up and then he goes, they go to Japan and he meets a, a classy Japanese girl. Hmm. So it's not like, uh, back to the future where the girlfriend got replaced by Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> it's it's a reverse back to the future yeah, too this one they just don't even have a girlfriend it's a completely different character huh um but i feel like there might have been photos of her and him oh that were showing classic. or something like that but yeah classic Anyways, easy out let's uh let's move on to your selection my selection? Yes. What What's the first movie you remember seeing in the theater, by the way? Oh, man. I think we talked about this when we were maybe doing tie-ins. And, like, I, I, fe- I do remember seeing Batman and then, like, Rod- like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But um, I think those – I don't remember anything earlier than that. So, like, I would have to say, like, 1989 so like batman or something around that time period but I think... so you didn't see a movie until you were like six or seven well it doesn't make sense i feel like i probably would have saw some but i don't have a memory of being at the theater before we had a little small one screen theater in the tiny town i grew up in and i can't remember if i saw snow white and the seven dwarfs first or if it was the Care Bears movie first, but it was <laughs> it was definitely one of those two. And I do remember that after the movie, Santa Claus came into the auditorium and handed out bags of candy to all of us. So, oh, that's awesome! It is awesome. I mean, one tiny little five minute excerpt of my life, and I remember it vividly. Like even as a, like a little five or six year old or however old I was. Crazy. I feel like there would have been cartoons or something that animated movies that came out that I probably would have saw before six or seven, but I just don't have like the later movies, like the early nineties. I can remember like what seat I was in, what theater I was at, like very, yeah. very vivid memories. But in the eighties, I just, I, I don't have those memories of going to the movies. Yeah. Um, well, uh, why don't we just knock the big one out of the way right now? <laughs> Where are we going?
Back to the Future, baby. Oh God, this is my movie. How are we talking about this? I this is going to nope. be on my list later. <laughs> nope, nope. This is my movie. We're going to talk about it right now. God damn it! Oh, son of a bitch. Like, like, I don't know what you could say about this. If you haven't seen Back to the Future, stop the podcast and go watch it right now, and come back to this conversation because you are doing life incorrectly. Yeah, you don't even need to stop the podcast because we're probably still going to be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a near perfect movie. Um, time travel, uh, love, uh, family, fate in the balance, like just a, a student mentor relationship. Everything you could want is in this movie. And Michael J. Fox. Oh, man, Michael J. Fox. I wanted to be Alex P. Keaton so badly. <laughs> and then Marty McFly no, came did, along. Did you really want to be Alex P. Keaton yes. or did you just want to be Marty McFly? Well, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody wanted to be Scott Howard and deal with that wolf problem. <laughs> nope, not even not even Michael J. Fox. That is an honorable <laughs> mention, though. I watched Teen Wolf a lot growing up. So that's all their end of but, the spectrum. That's a terrible you, movie. <laughs> you didn't know a guy pulled his dick out at the end of the movie, though, what? until you were much later. <laughs> that's what you say, but I cannot see it. I, I've tried. Oh, I've seen it. You, see I've it? Seen you it. can see it? You can see it. People, look it up. I'm not going to tell you In the crowd play. scene, right, at the end of the game? The crowd scene at the very end game. There's a guy up in the top corner who pulls out his wang. No. And they didn't catch it, and it made it into the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anyways, we're not talking about Teen Wolf. We're talking about Back to the Future, which I have met Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson and Principal Strickland and the original uh, girlfriend, Jennifer, uh, Claudia Wells. I met them at a Back to the Future anniversary screening. I have photos with uh, Doc and Leah Thompson, Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson. She was a sweetheart. She couldn't have been nicer. Um, She's from Minnesota. Oh, man. She was my one of my crushes as a, kid, a child growing up, too. And she well, looks just as stunning as those days. She was everywhere in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, she was in All the Right Moves, yeah. Casual Sex, Howard the Fucking <laughs> Howard Duck. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Which she still embraces. She she still says it's a fun movie for her. But she doesn't talk about uh, what's the guy's name? <laughs> he the guy that was in Howard the Duck that disappeared that had some. Oh, Jeffrey Jones. Yes, nobody talks about him. <laughs> no, he's Scandal. the principal in Ferris Bueller. Yes, he was. Um, God, Howard the Duck. Yeah, Leah Thompson was like the it girl for a while. Some kind of wonderful. Oh, yeah. forgot about that That's one, too. It's a good movie. But Back to the Future, I have Doc and Marty tattooed on my forearm. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I uh, I recently acquired a, um, a mini hoverboard that I can put on my shelf. and. Didn't you also get it on VHS? I did recently buy it on VHS. See, this is one of the ones that we had. In, yeah. in our collection, I, we had it. We had it on VHS as well, and it was also on TV nonstop. <laughs> yeah, we had the VHS before we we had even seen it. Yeah. 
So So you watched thankfully... it new at home on VHS? I did. Oh man, and you were just like at the end where you just like, "Whoa, let's watch it again." <laughs> I think I, I think it was like that the whole movie where it's just like <laughs> this movie rules. <laughs> so like yeah, this I I'm like speechless when it comes to Back to the Future because of how geeky I can get. Like this movie was just such a big part of growing up and adolescence and childhood. Like if I was home sick from school, I'm going to watch Back to the Future. Uh, <laughs> if it's Saturday morning and, you know, after cartoons, I'm watching Back to the Future. If I'm bored at home, I'm watching Back to the Future. Like, I, I just nonstop. And pe- some people just don't get it. They, I don't know how you can't. It's a great movie. It, I think it appeals to everyone. Um, I can well, see. It, it played forever. Yeah. Like, I mean, think how quickly they turned around and then they, did, they made part two and three because... The first one was such a hit. It was four years between well, the first they, one. But they didn't they – isn't like the second and third one came out pretty quickly, like bookend – like they're only like a year apart or something, right? Uh, the, the, the what? The, the second and third one? Second and third one? Yeah. Uh, like six months. Yeah. So it's like they, the first one was such a hit that they wrote those two over that, you know, next year or two, and then they filmed them for a year or two, and then they came out, like, pretty quickly in succession because they thought the demand was there. Man, that, well, they, yeah, they filmed them back-to-back. Back. Like, how long did the first movie run in the theater? Well, let's just say uh, it's opening weekend. It made $11 million, and it was number one for the next three weeks. And then it was dethroned by European Vacation, what? Terrible, which is the absolute movie. worst vacation movie. Oh, it's awful. But then it went back to number one for eight weeks. <laughs> I have to feel like it was only dethroned because uh, the first vacation was so awesome that people were hoping European was going to be amazing. And it was so not. God, that movie sucks. <laughs> I hate my, that for, movie for, so much. For, for my, uh, for my money, that is the worst. Uh, Rusty and uh, what's the girl's name? Audrey. Worst Rusty and Audrey in any of the movies. <laughs> in European Vacation. Yeah. I don't know what that was that they felt like they sw- had to switch them out. If European Vacation, they just couldn't get the same kids so then they kept doing that (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, i I love how it's like how many years later when they do christmas and the 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 people they cast as kids are still like the same age kind of like kids again but they look older (laughs) the parents look older (laughs) well poor dana hill who played uh audrey she didn't live very long. She she died at 32. Oh, what happened to her? Uh, gosh, I don't even remember. So, but like a disease or something, right? Like it was unexpected, I think. I'm not sure, but yeah, the 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 whole movie is just a piece of shit. <laughs> but let's talk about Back to the Future some more. Oh my god! <laughs> so tell me. For you, for you, let, 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 I'll let you talk because I talked about Karate Kid in pretty in depth. 
What what about Back to the Future you got you right away? Give me give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. All right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're gonna pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Something without sugar. I think for me, Back to the Future is, is perfect because it, it encompasses all genres of film. It's it's an action movie, it's a comedy, it's a romance. It 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 it's it's just it's it's everything. All rolled into one. And you got uh, crazy Christopher Lloyd performance. You've got uh, a, a crazy Crispin Glover performance, <laughs> and and it's just it, let's not forget fantasy too. Like who doesn't want to go back in time? Yeah. I think this movie had more fun with the premise than any other time travel movie before that. I think. I mean, it, it just is like a near flawless time travel movie as well. I like time after time with Malcolm McDowell, but he went forward in time. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of a fish out of water in the seventies rather than when did he come from like the turn of the century? I think, um, you ever seen that one? I don't think so. Oh, it's so good. It's so fun. They turned it into a TV show and they canceled it already, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, he's, yeah. He's H.G. Wells, and he's chasing Jack the Ripper into the future. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's severely dated. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, I do recognize the name because I did see, like, promos for the TV show. That was recent, right? Yeah, it was just, like, a couple months ago, I think. But, uh... The, Thank God the... they didn't make a Back to the Future TV show. Oh, that was not a cartoon. Even the animated, okay. even the animated series, I didn't love. No, it was it was horrible. So, um, what I was going going to say was the whole premise, like, you you know, you're not happy, you're kind of like down on your luck, things aren't going your way, but you have this wacky scientist friend who invents a time machine, <laughs> and you end up going back to when your parents were your age, which is a great premise. Like everybody would love to see and identify with their parents at their age. They are at that moment. And and he goes back, he's meeting his parents, seeing how they, you know, end up together. And you know what? Him being there throws his whole existence into peril. And he has to make sure his parents meet, fall in love. And so he'll be born one day. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I thought it was awesome. I could have done without the mom uh, falling in love with her son and going after him. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of like added to it. like kissing my though. brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man, everything about Leah Thompson in that movie, like just had me in whimsy as a, as an adolescent. It's just like, who is this girl? <laughs> it's an infinitely quotable movie too. It is. Every, so many lines in that movie. What are you looking at, butthead? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we could go on and on, but I'm not going to. Manure. I hate manure. 
<laughs> oh, and Thomas Wilson, what a great like. I don't think he reached the heights of the exposure that he had in Back to the Future in any other films, but he's, I mean, he's been consistently working to this day and, you know, he does stand up comedy and, you know, writes music and paints. He makes these wonderful, uh, like pop culture inspired paintings and he still pops up in, in character roles too. Yeah. He's like a character actor now, but he was the perfect bully. Like, Everybody hated Biff. <laughs> like if you identified with Biff when you watch Back to the Future, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I will say though, I hate what they did with his character in two and three. Oh yeah. Like they cranked up the volume on him and it really kind of destroyed the character a little bit. Yeah, they try they made it over the top, but then also introducing like old Biff and then I, I, oh, th- we won't. Part three just is, just in my eyes, not a good movie. Well, Biff was always an asshole, but he was never homicidal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but the characters in three were like supposed to be like relatives from the past and like they're playing, the same er- actors are playing those characters and just was silly. And then they even had. Leah Thompson playing a relative of the Mc, like a wife in the McFly family when yeah, yeah totally <laughs> when like she was not a McFly until <laughs> yeah until somehow, over a hundred years later somehow the Irish lady in the eighteen hundreds looks just like his mom <laughs> but I don't know we don't have to talk about part three but part one just there. I, I can watch it at any moment. I'll still get dragged into it. If it, I pass it on TV, I'll end up watching the next 45 minutes. Oh, of... I, yeah. You can even come in at the worst parts of the movie, like when he's singing Johnny Be Good. Yeah. You can even come in at that point and and still just be... Keep watching. <laughs> yeah. Just mouth agape like, oh, this movie's so good. <laughs> One little tidbit I ran into recently is the guitar he's playing in uh, that scene was actually not even... Um, originally like concepted or made for years later after the fifties when he would have been playing it. (laughs) So the time was a little off on that, but they liked the way it looked. So they went with it, (laughs) but man, uh, I just, I love back to the future. I was going to mention back to the future as well, but I'm glad you pulled it out early because it's great to talk about it. Well, anytime you need me to pull it out for you, buddy, I'll do it. (laughs) I set that one up (laughs) but yeah I Michael J Fox recently did some appearances at like the 30th anniversary or whatever like he did some comic cons like where the rest of the cast was going to be there as well and it was like $500 to get your picture with him but I was all set to do it, but then it just fell through. I couldn't get to, like, Philadelphia or wherever it was. And I just fear that I'll never meet Marty McFly. And he's like a childhood hero. <laughs> uh, you know, you're not that old. Yeah. You might get there. Yeah. Oh, is it, what else can we say about Back to the Future other than everyone should be watching it? Maybe just pause the podcast and go watch it. I mean, at this point in your life, if you haven't seen it, 
<laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you you're an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you got next? <laughs> oh man. So I don't know if I could top back to the future, but I'm gonna take we a, can't top back to the future. That's take, our show, folks. See you next week. <laughs> I'm gonna take a little trip to the cold tundra of Minnesota where me and you grew up as kids. And I don't know if this had any impact on you. You're a few, a couple years older than me, but it's 1992, and Walt Disney gave us the Mighty Ducks. Yo, dude, you obviously in the wrong hood. This is my dominion. It's a drug-free zone, you understand? Yeah, man, that's right. We ain't buying nothing. Now, I'm feeling generous today. Oh, come on. So I'm gonna let you get your side vanilla booty out of here before <laughs> we be using your eyeballs as hockey pucks. <laughs> Thanks, bro. But I'm not going home till I take care of business. See you later. District 5 Pee Wee Hockey Team. I'm Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. Afraid so, dude. Got the roster right here. Averman, Dave, Conway, Charlie, Paul, Terry. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It was supposed to be a pep talk. Look, I'm sure this will be a real bonding experience. Maybe one day, one of you will even write a book about it in jail. Is there a goalie? Uh, only for a little while. I'm uh, moving back to Philly. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. All right. Get out on the ice. Let me see what you can do. Uh, just so you know, you really suck. Hey, I'll decide who sucks around here. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the Mighty Ducks, man. As a kid in Minnesota, having played peewee hockey... And this movie comes out, and you know there was buzz. They well, f- they filmed well, it in the area. Yeah. Go go back to 1991, the year before <laughs> it came out. When I they were remember filming I was, it, <laughs> I was in sixth grade, and people were going down to the Metrodome. Rest in peace, Metrodome. <laughs> they were going down to the Metrodome, or or where else were they going? Cook Arena or something Dude, like yeah, that. Yeah, they filmed at our arena that I played pee wee hockey in. Um, in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, they they even played and faced off against a team in the movie that was like the Cardinals, which would have been like a city team for us. That was the even the high school mascot in our town. But, Did they wear black? Because the, the, no. the villain teams always wear black. No, they were they were just one of the random teams that they played during. Like if you go to the IMDb, they even have a photo of the Cardinal team. Like there's a couple of guys like talking, and it's in Cook Arena. It's like the huh. fourth or fifth photo, and they have, like, cardinal uniforms on. But I remember kids, like, classmates going to Cook Arena, and they got Mighty Ducks t-shirts for being in the crowd. Yeah, and, like, like, our classmates were, like, going, and they're like, yeah, we're in the movie. And we're like, you know, at the time, we're like, what, you're in a movie? <laughs> no, you're an extra in a movie. <laughs> You know, yeah. I can't really see your face, but at the time you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to see you in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, so there are was, we, like, are, all this buzz. Are you in that movie? Are no, you in that movie? I didn't go to it, no. 
Oh, no. I didn't either. So there's all this buzz on the news and everything about them filming and Emilio Estevez being in town. and Oh, and he was dating Paula Abdul at the time, so she was in town too. And oh I was like, my God. oh, my God, Paula Abdul. Did she bring the cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, MC's cat cat's here too. <laughs> oh, my God, MC's cat I didn't remember the name. <laughs> MC Scat Cat. So, yeah, the, the, there's all this buzz. And when and the early 90s were – Minneapolis must have had some good tax breaks because they made quite a handful of movies there. Oh, and yeah. I don't know Iron, how Iron often – Will was made. Do you, get, uh, do you get many now? Because Chicago always has movies now. But, um, like – I like I don't remember much after the early '90s in Minnesota. Well, fortunately, we have the Mall of America, so that's kind of the go-to. Uh, the end of the tour filmed some stuff there. Wilson was filmed here with Woody Harrelson. That was filmed here. Okay. Other than that, no, there's not many grumpy old men's or uh, little big leagues left to, uh, to film anymore. I think Wilson might be. I have a high school friend that um, was like a correctional officer or something. I think he might be in Wilson. Didn't you know somebody in Sugar and Spice, too? Uh, oh, yeah. I went to college with uh, somebody that was in Sugar and Spice. I forget what he did in the movie, but... Didn't yeah. he work at the video store? Possibly, yeah, because I think he had a scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, like, yeah, Jingle All the Way, Little Big League, Mighty Ducks, all these movies early on in... You know, my Prairie my Home analysis. Companion was also filmed here. <laughs> Prairie Home Companion. Any movie that has Mickey's Diner in it, you can. Oh, Mickey's Diner. <laughs> you can count on. So Mickey's the Mi- Diner showing up in any movie filmed in Minnesota. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks starred Emilio Estevez. Because that's where his mom worked, right? Who's that? Oh yeah, yes, chart. Uh, Joshua Jackson's mom worked at Mickey's Diner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joshua Jackson. <laughs> Charlie Conway. So the Mighty Ducks is Gordon Bombay is a hotshot lawyer, and he's haunted by memories of his childhood. When, as the star player in his champion hockey team, lost the winning goal shootout, thereby losing the game and the approval of his coach. So basically, he's he blew the big game as a kid, and he's been haunted by it ever since. But. He became a lawyer, and he's a hot shot, and he's cocky, and he's, you know, drinking, and he's, you know, just being kind of an ass in his adult life, and he gets assigned community service to coach a peewee hockey team, which is the last thing he wants to do, but he wants to save his job and, you know, make good on, you know, getting this DUI because he was out celebrating a win in court. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets assigned this ragtag crew of inner city kids they don't even have uniforms they barely even skate but he's gonna make winners out of them and that he does quacking quacking them all the way to the championship (laughs) it's the bad news bears premise basically basically yeah and bad news bears was a 70s movie which i didn't see till later in life but like like i was already probably near high school when i saw it but that was another movie that i really enjoyed but it oh, is. Yeah. It's basically first the same good. the same premise, yeah. Taking these these uh, ragtag kids and pulling them together to be winners. But 
there's a lot of names that like went on to other movies um, that were the kids in this film. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of them were also in D2, The Mighty Ducks, and D3, The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like one, one of note would be Brandon Quinton Adams, who we saw in The Sandlot. We saw in People Under the Stairs. Remember that people? was before. That was before. Was that before Mighty Ducks? Yeah. But even so, I don't think I saw People Under the Stairs before I saw Mighty Ducks. <laughs> well, I would hope not at your age. Because <laughs> that movie was creepy as shit. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, that I guess he was younger in that film. Hmm. But uh, who else? I mean, we had Goldberg, Sean Weiss. He was in quite a number of movies. Heavyweights. Oh, Heavyweights. <laughs> Heavyweights is a great movie. Ben Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry Stiller, right? I think so, yeah. And uh, Ben Stiller's... Did he play multiple characters? Maybe just I, the one I guy. I think that was co-written by Judd Apatow. I think you're right, but we might have to go look it up here. Um, Heavyweights, Judd Apatow and Stephen Brill, directed by Stephen Brill. Stephen Brill's the guy that's like been in Adam Sandler movies, right? And he like... I think in The Wedding Singer, he was, like, uh, uh, the Gulia guy's, like, friend at the party <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, he kind of, yeah. Yeah, heavyweights. Man. And Stephen Brill is also the director of The Mighty Ducks. I'm sorry, the writer, not the director. He's the writer. Get the F out of town. Wow, he was. Stephen Brill. This guy was all over the place. Yeah, that's him. He was in the wedding singer, and he, he like guy he kind of took told um, Adam Sandler's character kind of told him off at a party in the wedding singer. I just remember his mug from that movie. <laughs> uh, Eldon Henson. He went on to be the mighty. Um, who's Eldon Henson? Oh, Fulton Reed. He's been in. Uh, he's in like uh, Daredevil now on Netflix. She's all that. Idle hands. Yeah, Daredevil, The Defenders. Yeah, he's been working pretty consistently. Dude, Idle Hands. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever happened to Devin Sawa? <laughs> Didn't he? Um, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Never mind. Oh, I guess he just, huh? No, it's, didn't he? What he vanished is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, yeah, I he don't was know. like hot for a a good period of time there, and then, I mean, it looks like he's done some things recently, but hey, he had his moment. Final destination. God, those movies! They had to make like ten of them. What are they up to now? They're up to five? Five. Yeah. I'm not five. sure, but let's go back to the Mighty Ducks because it sounds like you could have, could have cared less again about this movie like you Karate Kid did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw Mighty Ducks in the movie theater. Uh, it's great. I have uh, – I recently bought – I got to find the first one, but I bought D2 on VHS for my little guy to watch one day even though he'll probably be able to stream it just as easy, but I thought it was cool to have the big Walt Disney box. 
I gotta find the first one on in the VHS. Did you know? I mean, it's it's topical. It's within the last couple of weeks. The kid who plays Goldberg got in trouble with the law. No, he did. Sentenced to ninety days for a meth arrest. <laughs> oh, sad. He does look like he's. This uh, last picture of him, he looks a little rough. It's a shame. Goldberg. He's in like uh, some commercials recently, and he's all like skinny now. He kind of just looks weird. Meth. Uh, wow. I'll have to take your word on it. Sentenced to 90 days in prison. Three days ago. This uh, this podcast got grim fast. <laughs> so hopefully other people can identify with this pick. Um, I, it's just another one of those movies when you're a kid and you're, um, especially an um, adolescent boy who's like playing sports and involved in team sports. It's just another one of those movies that's like the underdog winning and just inspiring and. Oh, it 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 it, it, re- it reinvented the bad news bears formula, and then it was emulated for years afterwards. You had little giants. You had the big green oh, the heavyweights big green. And falls into that category. Little Giants was, I still contend, a good movie. I like that movie. You just love Rick Moranis. <laughs> I do love Rick Moranis. <laughs> I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids again the other night. Yeah, because it's on Blu-ray. Like, right after we talked about it, it went to Blu-ray. That's awesome. And Buddy Ducks is also on Blu-ray. Ugh, I need to get those. You have to get them through the Disney Movie Club, but... So I have to join the Disney Movie Club? How much is that? Well, it's it's like Columbia House where you you buy a certain amount of movies at, at this price and you get this many at this price. I have to look into that. It's worth it, especially if you have kids. But, yeah, the, this movie was all over Minnesota filming it, and then, you know, it was after it came out, everyone was talking about the Mighty Ducks in school. And yeah. You had to see it. It was was just a good family film, and it still is. I'll still get sucked into it. And D3 is a piece of garbage, but D2 still has its moments. Similar formula, just a different villain team. (laughs) Was it Iceland or something? Yeah, it was Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. Iceland's Gunner Stahl. They weren't peewee hockey anymore. They were in the Olympics or something. 12-year-old's named Gunner. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, they were in like they, they for some reason all of a, all of the United States they couldn't find many good players so they just found like four more to throw into the entire Mighty Ducks team so the entire Mighty Ducks team gets to be Team USA <laughs> <laughs> some team from Minneapolis Minnesota that won their Pee Wee division and they they get to be the, the, the USA team. <laughs> Well, they added a couple more characters. Yeah, too, they they like found the cowboy what, and stuff. As I said, they only found like three in the rest of the country. <laughs> oh well. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is like kind of like the end of like Emilio was gracing the screen all through the '80s, and then he kind of had the early '90s, and then went into what directing, and has kind of been behind the camera since. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I miss Emilio. He should come back. I think he's popped up in a couple of things that he's directed, but 
Um, hmm. Yeah, he's. I always enjoyed him. I enjoyed him more than his brother. <laughs> Carlos Estevez. <laughs> Cheap shot is me. <laughs> well, we all know, we all know who's winning, though. Yeah. Winning. <laughs> oh man. Can we talk about Problem Child? Oh, <laughs> that's on your list. <laughs> no, it's not on my list. Oh, but it was it was around like. <laughs> yeah. How could you not watch Problem Child? It was in the rotation of the movies you rented when you were a kid. Now, was Problem Child, or was it, it Problem... It didn't shape me. It didn't shape anyone. <laughs> Maybe little Michael Oliver had shaped him for a couple of years, oh, but that's Michael it. Michael Oliver. I think he's like a computer programmer or something now. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. I mean, I heard him... I think I heard him... Maybe on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, I think. Yeah, he, might have he had called him on... it Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. And he's like, we're in a movie together. <laughs> That's awesome. Gilbert Gottfried was in that movie too, right? Yeah. Was. He was in both of them. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, Pro- like was it Problem Child 2 with um, uh, the Bowtie Friend? <laughs> was it? Uh... Nope. That was the first one. That was the first one with, uh, what's his name? Kramer, yeah. Yep, Michael Richards was... uh, The serial killer or whatever? Yeah, he was like an an escaped prisoner, and he kidnaps him. John Ritter has to go save him. God, I miss John Ritter. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other episode we could do. (laughs) He was an American treasure. But Problem Child... what a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really have to talk about Problem Child. Let's move on to... <laughs> I was just fucking with Let's you. Move... <laughs> Let's move on to your next movie. <laughs> I do want to talk about Ghostbusters. Beckman? Beckman! Disgusting blob. I have to hold it myself. Right here, Ray. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spud, isn't he? I think he can hear you, Ray. Don't move. It won't hurt you. Save some for me. 
Oh. Can we talk about how this movie was perfectly... I know those guys improv stuff, but the writing was just sh so sharp. They had to have had a solid script that they stuck to for the most part because their their banter back and forth is just too sharp to be fully improvised. And I know I've heard in like commentaries and stuff that they do improvise a lot or do a lot of takes, but this movie was all about like quick dialogue, smart um, scientific references. Um, the the villain was well crafted. It, like, it was the big it, it was the Big Bang Theory before there was a Big Bang Theory. Well, if you want to say like, that, you can it, say it that. Was, but... It was it was it. The scientific jargon yeah. was the punchline. Yeah, and it was well done, you know. And then we saw. I don't want to bag on it just to be someone that bags on it like everyone else, but. This new Ghostbusters tried to do that as well. They tried to replicate it. But it's just the scientific stuff when it was coming out, it just kind of hung there. It just wasn't – didn't feel the same. The The banter didn't feel the same. The comedy felt forced. I just – I feel like it missed the mark and it wasn't, wasn't able to recreate what we had in Ghostbusters as kids because it's just – it's another one of those movies that I can tr just come in in the middle and I'll keep watching it till the end. Yeah, I it, it first of all, it's it's probably the best movie with the worst soundtrack. <laughs> Come on, save the day. Was that in the first one? <laughs> <laughs> the second one had Bobby Brown's on your own, on our own. Yeah, Bobby Brown was like, cameoed like in that, the second one. <laughs> I, I I do like that song. I still like that song. The first one had Ray Parker Jr.'s title tune, Which and it's great. That's a good song. What are you banging on that for? I am not banging on that song, but the rest of the soundtrack is just awful. When they let the ghosts out at the end, or towards the end, uh, Pencil Neck lets all the ghosts out. Is it William Atherton? He le he lets the ghosts out. That song that plays over that whole sequence. Whoa, I can't. I oh know. I can God. hear. It, I can hear it in my head, but I can't remember. It's, it's I can hear it in my head, like how it begins, but I wish I, maybe we need to look up the soundtrack so we can give people the name of the song. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that movie, first of all, did you remember William Atherton's name? I did. <laughs> That's the uh, EPA guy, right? Yeah, he was, he was a dick in every movie he was in. I can imagine he was a good dick. <laughs> well, so if you they want have some good dick. <laughs> so Ghostbusters soundtrack had Ghostbusters Ray Parker Jr. Cleaning up the town by the Bus Boys, Saving the Day by Alessi Brothers, <laughs> In the Name of Love by Thompson Twins, I Can Wait Forever Air Supply, Hot Night by Laura Branigan. Was it really? hot? Was it Hot Night? Or, or magic, scene? magic by Mick Smiley. Ugh, that's a bad one too. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ghostbusters. And then I didn't realize as a kid loving that movie that theme song later on has some pretty intense innuendo in the. T in the <laughs> it's like. Oh, Bust. it's 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 really bad. Busting makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you go back and watch Grease, it's the same exact oh, thing. Know, where, like, yeah. it's like this is a PG movie. <laughs> like, you would, it'll blow your mind how dirty these movies are. Uh, he's getting blown by a ghost at one point. Oh, that yeah, just goes she, over your head. She, when you're a kid, you it just goes his, over your head. You see his pants get unzipped. Yeah, and, and then his eyes roll back in his head, and he drops drops backwards. Yeah. Another infinitely uh, quotable movie, too. <laughs> wow. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. We we I can pull out a little uh, magic by uh, Mick Smiley if you want. Oh God, do we have to? This is terrible. That song's even worse when you don't have ghosts flying out of the building. <laughs> Can't imagine somebody's running to that on their iPod. <laughs> oh, wow, that's awful. And I had to skip ahead to find the portion of the song that you were referring to, and that's apparently the chorus, and that is terrible. Yeah. But this, yeah, this movie is, like, endlessly quotable as well, like, this, my friends, represents the last of the petty cash. <laughs> the, when she gets the call and she's like, we got one. Like, oh, man. Such a good movie. Janine, stop staring at me. You got the bug eyes. Janine, sorry about the bug eyes. <laughs> yeah, immediately in the same breath. Sorry about the bug eyes thing. <laughs> if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> They always forget Winston Zedmore never gets his due. Well, they had to rewrite his character because Eddie Murphy was supposed to play him. Oh man, what, a... what was Eddie Murphy thinking? Like, why would you? Pass oh, are you book? kidding me? He was huge <laughs> at this point. So he wasn't. He he wanted to be the star. So it's yeah, the fact that he exactly. And at this point, in his so what did he, What year was this? Was like eighty five, right? Nope, this was eighty four. It was right 84. before. Okay, right before Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, okay. I knew it was like eighty four, eighty five, but so he probably went and did Beverly Hills Cop instead of this, maybe. Yeah. But man, but who? I just even though they had to rewrite it and it was downplayed, Winston was a great character, and I think uh, I would go that far. I mean, I don't, I don't think he gets his dues. Tacked on. <laughs> Come on, he's like. Ray, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> well, I just think he was like he wasn't he wasn't the focus like the other guys that we know, you know, Dan and um Dan Aykroyd and Harold uh Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, like I mean, of course they're gonna take the show when you got those three personalities, but I felt like he was a good character that should be included, and there's been a lot of things since where it's like he just kind of gets left off, and they, you know, don't even mention him. But yeah, so many lines in this movie. I'm I'm glad you brought it up. I was gonna bring it up, but I feel like there's gonna be a a couple that we overlap on. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're talking mostly 
the the same movies that shaped us also shaped a lot of other people. Yeah, there's just a lot of iconic movies out there. We're not talking Star Wars, people. No, I'm not gonna bring up. That shaped everyone, and if you haven't seen Star Wars once again, you're doing it wrong. That's right. If you, if you haven't seen Star Wars, fuck you. <laughs> Come on. We're going to have to put, like, a big explicit on top of this episode. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's a podcast. But, uh, Disney Channel. I didn't get – I didn't see Stripes until later in life. Yeah, I mean, but either. the first the first half of, of Stripes is amazing, but then there's like an hour or something right when they end up in Europe, like the rest of the movie just bites. I feel the same way about Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, the first half is so good. Second half, nobody ever talks about. <laughs> like the first half of Stri- half of Stripes is the characters you want to see out of Bill and Harold. Like it's funny, it's witty. It's fast moving, and then it just kind of becomes a different movie, I felt. And I don't know. I'd like to hear commentary or something on this. I wonder if there's something behind that, like directors or clashing points of view or what, because it just – I felt like it didn't turn out the way they would have wanted it. They talked about it on the 80s All Over podcast, and I can't remember what the story was, but there is a story behind it. You're absolutely right. I'll have to look look for that, but that bringing that up is I didn't see that till later. So, um, and I didn't watch a lot of Saturday Night Live when you know the reruns of them would have been on um, to know these guys all that well. But Ghostbusters may, mostly introduced them to me, and I was in love with all three of these guys as actors and the personas they put out, and it just made me laugh nonstop as a kid and. This movie, still to this day, I can just watch at any point if I'm, you know, feeling like I need a good laugh or um, getting just escape for a little bit. It's got it, it has some pretty scary special effects too. Yeah, I think like that compared to scare the shit out of my kids. The right over glossy CGI that we see in movies now. Yeah. Um, this stuff was great. I thought it was well done. Like the freaking librarian scared the crap out of me. Oh, right away in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that was awesome, man. And like, even, you know, they show all the random ghosts when they're like escaping, like running through the city and like the taxi driver <laughs> was like the dead corpse. <laughs> yeah. I, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this before, but I, I still have not figured out what kind of ghost Slimer is. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> I don't think we ever find out, like, wh- what he was, but... Yeah, what the fuck is he a ghost of? <laughs> like, when Slimer was alive, what did he look like? Maybe it's just like uh <laughs> Maybe it's just like a nondescript like demonic or like weird spirit. Like you know, like, but... like like a blob. Well, yeah. The cartoon. And he's chowing down those freaking hot dogs. That's <laughs> <laughs> just dropping to the ground. <laughs> the cartoon made him like a lovable little like sidekick, you know? Oh yeah, but but uh, in the film, I thought it was perfect. Like he was just this weird, gross spud that they run into. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even say like 
He's an ugly little spud. <laughs> he's, he's right here. He's like. He's looking at me, Ray. <laughs> oh. Great yeah, movie. What a, what a great movie. So I'm going to bookend that movie with uh, a forgettable film to most, maybe. But it would be... 1992's no I'm sorry I misspoke 1993's son-in-law <laughs> oh okay I, hold on <laughs> I have to determine if you're fucking with me or not <laughs> dude the weasel was all the rage in the early 90's yes he was <laughs> Pauly Shore was everywhere MTV, he had his own show, uh, he was in movies, like, Son-in-Law, it might not be a great movie, but I Wait, watched it over and over We're really again. talking Son-in-Law? <laughs> and we're gonna talk Son-in-Law. <laughs> okay. Let's talk Pauly Shore for a second. That guy, that poor guy, his shtick got old super fast. Like, he, <laughs> he burned out really I, I've fast. actually... He was actually just on the Joe Rogan podcast this week, and they talked about it, and Joe Rogan even, like, asked him, what do you think happened? And he says that, like, um, kind of what you're saying, like, that, you know, the weasel thing kind of outlasted its time, but he also feels like uh, doing In the Army now kind of killed his career. Like, he, his agents and stuff were telling him not to do it, but he was contracted to three movies with the studio, and that was the one they wanted him to do. Um and uh, there was another movie that, like, New Line or someone had where it would have sent him to, like, London to be an au pair as, like, the weasel character. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to do that, which to me sounds like a terrible straight-to-video movie. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds like he's going the way of Ernest um, but, at um, that point. Yeah, so he did In the Army now, and because uh, I, I forget who it was, who was the head of the studio bot that... that au pair movie and shelved it so he couldn't even entertain it um and he had to do in the army now but they were saying you know you have to cut your hair and it's just not the kind of film we want for you and then from there what like it was like that and biodome and they did, just didn't perform they just kept performing less and less like um well at the box office yeah jury so, duty was one yeah jury duty was like kind of the last nail in the coffin i think <laughs> yeah. but he um he since he's like stuck in there. He does stand up. He tours all the time. He still has his hand kind of the family owns the comedy store in LA. So he's, you know, got that kind of that he's tied to, but he's done uh, documentaries as well. And like little films he's done on his own. And, um, his documentary that he did where he was touring, he was actually like, it showed him doing comedy shows in like Wisconsin and like these little towns and like, playing like these nowhere bars <laughs> and like <laughs> it was actually kind of like uh, it was a well done documentary but it was sad to think like to think the weasel has to like go into these places and um do these shows where he's like counting how many seats are in it before he goes up because he's making sure he's getting paid the right amount <laughs> <laughs> he's serious <laughs> yeah but um I mean, he even said he still has, like, you know, all the money that he made, like, a lot of the money he made, and he, it's not like he was doing drugs or, like, became one of those sad stories. It's just I think that that character kind of, like, 
it rose quick and fast and kind of burned out and everyone was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, there was definite overexposure of uh, that character. And it is a character. Come on, he's not actually like that. At least I hope not. Yeah. I don't know. I We don't have to really talk Son-in-Law a lot. It was just a movie that I watched a lot. And, you know, coming from the Midwest, I thought it was in, uh, kind of a cool concept. This weird California dude ends up on the farm. And, I mean, early Carla Gugino. How oh, can you go wrong? <laughs> still how can, hot. How can you go wrong with Carla Gugino? I mean, I was on board probably because of that but <laughs> her and tiffany amber Thiessen were in that movie oh tiffany amber Thiessen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so uh, dude, doug benson so i i don't want to spend a lot of time with son of let's move on to the movie i actually had on my list which was 1993 sandlot the sandlot Rejects and a fat kid, Rodriguez. Shut your mouth, Phillips. What'd you say, crap face? I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball. Except for Rodriguez, you're all an insult to the game. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! You plan a real diamond porter? You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot! Moron! Scab eater! Butt sniffer, yeah. pus licker, fart smeller. Yeah. <sighs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah. You bob for apples in the toilet, and you like it. You play ball like a girl. What did you say? You heard me. Tomorrow, noon, at our field. Get some buffalo butt breath. Count on it, pee-drinking crap face. Yeah! Let's go! Sandlot, okay, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this came out like you were. You're a couple years older than me. I don't know if at that point it wouldn't have shaped you, but this movie is freaking great, and everyone can quote it. There's so many lines that you can quote from the Sandlot, and I'll watch it anytime it's on. It's an hour and forty minutes. It flies by. Uh, I'll start it at the beginning and watch it till the end. Anytime I see it, so. This was, I, I have have it on Blu-ray. I have it on VHS. <laughs> this was early '90s, and there was a ton of baseball movies in the early '90s. There really was. There was, we talked about some of them. Like, was there like Little Big League Rookie of the Year? 
the Sandlot, Major League, Major League Two, um, Mr. Baseball, Mr. Baseball, like Field of Dreams was Angels what, the in the, the outfield. Angels in the outfield. Oh, Angels in the outfield. <laughs> Young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And Tony Danza. Yeah, yeah, there was just a lot of baseball movies. Baseball, yeah. I don't know why baseball hit the zeitgeist like so hard in the early 90s, but I think it also had to do with like Major League Baseball was really big at that time too. I mean, it still probably is the same as it always been like, ticket sale wise and exposure as far as tv but i think just like it was a time when our country especially in the u.s was like embracing baseball again much like they did you know decades before when it was so huge and it was like that's when it became the american pastime it just i think it had a resurgence and it it fell into the the hollywood landscape and they had to take a bite out of it as well that's why trading cards ended up blowing up and kind of killed the the collecting market for those is because they made too many baseball cards in the early 90s. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely did. But yeah, this this movie hit me at the right moment. I would have been 11, 11, 12 and Yeah, it's a perfect age for it. It's a perfect age. I'm in little league. I'm playing baseball during the summer. We've been playing sandlot baseball like me and my friends. Even if there was only three of us we'd have a pitcher a batter and somebody out in the field we'd play some form of the game you know we were playing in my yard in my friend's yard in back lots like wherever we could and this movie was perfect for us it's like this just crew of kids our age they get together they play baseball every day they have witty lines and <laughs> there's great comedy in it and they they it's all leading up to this one big adventure the biggest pickle i would ever get us in there's <laughs> <laughs> oh. a wonder years quality to the sound uh, the, the sandlot there really is and i think it is because of the setting it's set in the 60s much like the wonder years was well yeah it's also like a, a kind of a look back on this yeah. life right and, yeah and so like a... pure fantasy because the dog keeps changing size. <laughs> the dog's tiny when they finally see it. Yeah, but they they hit the home run over the fence, and the dog is it, it it's like ginormous. It's like, yeah, it looks like Jaws just jumping <laughs> over the fence and eating the ball. Swallows the ball on them. Just great. Like I still quote this movie all the time and love it and. I have a shirt that says "You're killing me, Smalls," and my little guy has a onesie that says "Smalls." <laughs> uh, it's just great. I I I think that um, people listening hopefully also identify with it. Every I think it, this movie hit everybody around our age at that time, at the, and it was perfect for us. So, well, interestingly enough, the kid that says "You're killing me, Smalls," Patrick Renna, was also in Son-in-Law. The, and the big green. And you the mentioned. big green. So, this kid was all over your childhood. He was busy, yeah. He was all over my childhood. I, <laughs> and I even remember him, I think, when I saw... Well, those would have been the same year, son-in-law in this, right? 1993? Yep. So, he was making these right around the same time. But, yeah, I always, like... I, I knew those movies well enough that I was like, oh, yeah, this is the same actor, but... 
he's another one that kind of <laughs> burned quick and bright and then kind of faded away. <laughs> I think that's just a, 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 a an issue that a lot of children actors yeah. have. Child actors, yeah. But even Karen Allen was in the Sandlot, who we know from oh, yeah. Indiana Jones. <laughs> she takes a baseball to the face in the beginning, doesn't she? Oh, God, yeah. And Dennis Leary's like her boyfriend, right? Yeah, well, his new stepdad, yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. Stepdad. James Earl Jones is the scary Mr. Myrtle. <laughs> Old man Myrtle's the meanest man that ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we also had – um. Wasn't the kid that played Squints in a number of movies too? I'm trying to remember. But yeah, this movie hit me at the right time. I, I'll. There's not a ton I need to say about it. I think a lot of people have seen it who will be listening to the podcast. But um, it's just a great whimsical movie for, you know, and it's good family-friendly entertainment. My my little totally. guy's definitely going to be watching the Sandlot with me, and hopefully he loves it just as much. I'm just so anxious for you know him to be the right age that he can appreciate these, and I hope that he'll watch these movies that I loved and have the same like excitement and whimsy about them that I had. But they might totally just be generational. I mean, on the one hand, you're like, oh, you're going to love this. Let's watch it. And in reality, he's like, nah, I like musicals, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) That movie did nothing for Mm. me. Let's watch Brigadoon again. (laughs) (laughs) But what do you got for me? Let's move on to your pick. I think I'm tapped, dude. You're tapped? We, on a previous episode, we've already talked Batman and we talked Dick Tracy. Those movies were so freaking huge in my life and to a lesser extent, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, but we've already talked about them. Yeah. We've covered them. Yeah. I also had the Ninja Turtles marked as one that really hit me because I was full on Ninja Turtles for a few years there and the movie came out in 1990 and just took the country by storm. They even had a live tour. (laughs) Uh they were on oprah like they just they really tried to bleed the ninja turtles dry with putting (laughs) them everywhere they could (laughs) and they're not letting up yeah it's still hitting us but let's graze over some more movies through our childhood that or even our adolescence that we don't have to spend a lot of time but i just want to give them some recognition do you need to take a drink of water first yeah, I had the hiccups there, right? <laughs> <laughs> movies You're just that, so excited. Movies that I watch, you know, often enough and uh, more than once, and they kind of impacted me that I remembered them. And there's movies that I just these some of these I just should not remember. One of which is 1992's Three Ninjas. Yeah, you don't Rocky, remember that one. <laughs> Rocky Colton Tum Tum. <laughs> I actually made... saw the second one in the theater. <laughs> and, and the kids were different, right? <laughs> I don't they remember. Had, they had different kids in the second one, and then the third one they came back. It was the original three, I believe. But um, it's just another, like, kids learning karate and trying to beat a bad guy and stop something. I don't know. Da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, I watched it a number of times. It was always on television and – 
Um, we might have even had the VHS. We had a number of VHSs as um, when I was a kid. I think my dad would buy them for like cheap at the rental place. But <laughs> but Three Ninjas, Camp Nowhere, Camp Nowhere was a great movie um, for kids. They take over this camp and the kids are running it, unbeknownst to all the parents. And <laughs> I think Christopher Lloyd was in this one. He was. He was kind of the guy who was, you know, making sure everybody was okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like letting them have their run, but he's really there, you know, yeah. in the background, keeping yeah. things on. He's the cool adult. <laughs> also, so, the star of the movie that gets the funding. <laughs> <laughs> From there, we have The Indian in the Cupboard, which was more of a dramatic um, family movie, but. Um, nonetheless, you know, I, I, I liked it and I watched it a number of times and I even own the VHS. I recently found that and purchased it. And then we move on to, uh, the sad story, um, of Jonathan Brandis in Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. R.I.P. Jonathan Brandis. Um, he did it to himself, dude. <laughs> I know. It's sad though. Um, and then uh, Little Monsters. We'll go to 89 for that with Howie Mandel and Fred Savage. It's funny. I actually saw many of these in the theater. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I saw Sidekicks in the theater. Um, what was the other one you said before that? The Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, I remember the trailer for that movie and just being blown away it was like a uh it was like a teaser trailer that ran a full year before it came out and i'm like when does this come out i have to wait till july of next year so <laughs> i'm gonna try and find that after we're done here i'm gonna try and see if i can find that on youtube maybe you can put it on the instagram that was a um that was a cool movie though the concept of this kid getting this anti-cupboard you well, know as a gift and that book putting... was always in the book orders Really? Yeah. Wait. Did you... In the cupboard. Did you say that um, you checked that one out a lot? Or no, I'm thinking of a different book that you mentioned. Um, I don't know. It was always in the like the Scholastic book order? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? The ending <laughs> of the cupboard was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't think I read the book or knew about the book when the movie came out. But I did enjoy the movie. But yeah, I mean, Fred Savage and Howie Mandel and Little Monsters was just a weird, funny, like, kind of gross movie that, you know, just... I, Fred Savage was in a bunch of stuff that um, hit me, hit my childhood, and I watched it quite a few times growing up, so I had to give it a shout-out here, but... I mean, we've... Other than Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Jurassic Park... We pretty much hit like the movies that really, really impacted us as children. And Did you like The Wizard? You know what? I didn't love The Wizard. I, I think I saw it once and kind of just let it... I think I saw it after the Nintendo craze, so it wasn't like timely for me, you know? But that came out right around... Well, they were pimping Super Mario Bros. 3 yeah. with that movie. And I remember that once that movie came out, 
that was the game you had to have. Oh, but Super Mario Bros. 3 was great Super... anyway. Well, the first, I'd say, 80% of the game is fun. After that, it kind of sucks. You can turn it off. But what a step up from Super Mario 2, which is just yeah. a shitbag game. <laughs> you didn't like 2? I hate See, growing up, gr- Growing up, me and like my cousin who I'd play a lot of Nintendo with, we loved 2. 2 was like the one we wanted, and... Um, I think for a while we didn't have a copy, so we were always trying to rent it. And then finally, <laughs> I think he, he had a copy of it. Um, but God, remember that renting video games, man? Yeah. You're like, God, I hope they have it. I hope they have it. And you get there and they don't. You're like, go. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so you'd go to the next place. Yeah. You can still man. rent video games. You can rent them in Redbox. Oh, really? Yeah, we just don't. It's not the notice. same though. Like, wouldn't it be funny if a if a Nintendo cartridge was coming out of Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty interesting. But what about, we didn't even touch on this, but I wouldn't have seen it when it came out, but I know that it was a big part of my childhood later. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Why didn't we talk about Pee-wee's Big Adventure? That's what I'm saying. I'm bringing it up now to give you the chance to redeem yourself because Pee-wee's Big Adventure was a great movie. <laughs> and I was all for all about Pee-wee, the Playhouse, um, just seeing him on TV, popping up on MTV and whatever. Like Pee-wee, I had almost all the toys. I just didn't have the damn Playhouse, which was really just cardboard inside of like plastic, protecting. Well, it was just walls, but they called it a Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted it so bad, but I had all the toys. I really didn't need the Playhouse, so my parents were right on that one. Good call. But Pee-wee's Big Adventure, it's Tim Burton, it's dark, it's funny, it's still Pee-wee, but it's got an edge. Like, I think the Playhouse came later after Big Adventure. Yeah, but, it did. But um, Pee-wee that's really it, blew up after that. Yeah, like, Pee-wee... It, he was always a stand-up act. Yeah. And he was a lot dirtier. I think um, it, it started as, like, a um, a show that he put on in some theater, like The Groundlings or something, where he uh, created the Pee-wee character and did a show, and then um, they had the movie come about and he was doing the stand-up and whatnot but then later on it they transformed it into more of a kid-friendly thing with the playhouse but man large marge scared the shit out of me (laughs) yeah and and every time it would come on you would be like okay i gotta watch this now here it comes here it comes yeah here it comes and then you get the shit scared out of you all over again (laughs) (laughs) and when you go back and watch it now or pause it it's just really grotesque like really uh, grossly animated like claymation l- like claymation yeah <laughs> it's still spooky though <laughs> but as a kid i was like what the hell just happened it's the story leading up to it yeah i mean the then the music what gr- what a great soundtrack in that the danny elfman score oh danny elfman so good iconic um but yeah, he's got this awesome bike. He loses his bike. He's trying to track it down. Uh, gets in this various pickles and just the the end where they made the movie about him. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. It's, 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 it's a really wacky road movie. Yeah. I, I love road movies. Yes. 
do you do you even like Euro Trip? <laughs> I I just enjoy movies where. Now I shouldn't say this because the 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 newest vacation movie with Ed Helms, ugh, oh God, that ugh. is just terrible. It terrible shouldn't have been movie. made in the first place. No, but uh, if there's a road movie, I will jump on the chance to see it. And Pee Wee's Big Adventure is definitely something I would have checked out, even at my age, if I had been this age at, in 1985. But yeah, I had to, I had. I had to bring it up because I know that even later on after its theatrical run that it probably was a a good chunk of our childhoods and um it it needed to be uh, mentioned here and get its dues. Didn't you and I see a midnight screening of it? Did you um, come with on that? I know I did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I did, but um I've watched it many times since and recently, so um, I have the Blu-ray of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, actually. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 had to be mentioned here. Um, I think that we've covered the ones that really hit us, and we could always go back and spend another half hour talking about Back to the Future. Um, is there any movie that scared the living shit out of you as a kid? Oh man, I'm not talking like slasher movies. I'm talking like gave you nightmares. Yeah, I don't know, but you ruled out slasher movies, but Nightmare on Elm Street, like, the beginning and, like, really f- fucked with my head, but I don't know. Never any story scared the shit out of me. I could see that. Like, the, um, the was the nothing, the big wolf or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, he was scary as shit. Um, the scene where the horse is getting... Um, taken into like the quicksand or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Talk about breaking kids' hearts, like. But that's another movie we didn't mention is the the never-ending freaking story. It's a great movie. I don't. I don't think it's great. Oh come on! I also don't for, think the Goonies is great, but I do like it. You know, for kids. <laughs> <laughs> What's that movie? Hot, come on, Hot Sucker Proxy. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> Coen but, uh, Brothers. That's a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't. I thought the Never Ending Story was like it did scare me at parts, but it's a great movie for adolescent kids to watch. And that was another one that I saw later. That they the early '80s, mid '80s had all these great movies that. We didn't get exposed to till like the early nineties, but <laughs> Oh no. Uh, Never Ending Story and Willy Wonka from the seventies. Those were movies that they would play for us like in school. Oh yeah. Like teacher needs a day off, let's watch a movie. <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember seeing Never Ending Story till probably the late eighties, but um there's so many that I could keep bringing some up, but um I feel like we really hit the ones that were that were important. Um, Empire Strikes Back. We said we weren't going to talk about Star Wars, but that that movie was really vital, and I watched that over and over again. But I think, as far as th- something that really did scare me as a kid was Michael Jackson's Thriller video when he turns into the werewolf. Oh yeah, I couldn't watch that fucking part. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of it, the zombies, the dancing, like the zombies didn't scare me one iota. But when he turns into the werewolf and looks up when he's in like the movie within the video, yeah, oh, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I can see that. But 
Was there anything that scared you? Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, what? Was that the one with, um, what's the name, Vic Morrow or whatever? Yes. And he died filming it? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Oh. The the one that scared me, though, well, there's, there's like a prologue with uh, Albert Brooks and Dan Aykroyd driving through the desert. And I don't know, there's just something about the Twilight Zone. And they, they, they managed to – it's not a good movie by any stretch, yeah. but – they did manage to replicate that eeriness mm-hmm. that the Twilight Zone TV show had, um, and there's just like a like like a gross sense of dread, like eh, anything could happen, and and then yeah. it, and then it does in that prologue, and then the fourth story in the movie. Uh, with John Lithgow on the plane. On the plane, I was just going to mention it. That one was the one that got me. And I was going to say, is that the same movie? Because I remember him freaking out and he's seeing the thing on the freaking wing. Yep, yep. Oh, that was a good one. He, yeah, he opens the window. And just the way that scene is edited, it, it's fucking scary as hell. But before that is also the Joe Dante ver- uh, uh, sketch. Not, not a sketch. Uh, segment. <laughs> Joe Dante directed the segment where the kid um, kind of had the, this hold over his family, <clears throat> and his sister didn't have a oh, mouth. Is that when they're in the creepy house? Yeah, and there's like evil cartoons and stuff. But his sister and... didn't have a mouth. Yeah, and I, I'm remembering. I don't know if it's that story though, but I'm remembering like a kid, and there's like a portion of the house that's like black and white tiles. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Is one. Is that it? Yep. All right. Yeah, that one was weird too. There, but have you gone back and watched any of the Twilight Zone episodes? Like, oh yeah, they're on every year. The one that, like, the really old ones. There, I think they're even on Hulu. But I watched one with uh, Burgess Meredith where he just wants to read his book and no one will leave him alone. And then he ends up going down in the bank vault that he worked at. He worked at a bank and he's reading his book and they get like like nuclear war or something because he comes out of the vault and all the buildings are gone and he's like the only survivor <laughs> uh, he now he got his wish all he wanted was time to be able to read and everybody's dead and he finds the library and like all these books are stacked up outside of this rubble of a building that's no more and he bends over and he drops his glasses and steps on them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the most depressing end. <laughs> I think I was too young for the Twilight Zone when it was like really on TV, but I bet you I would enjoy the shit out of them now. Yeah, they that I mean, I watched a few and not too long ago and they they were entertaining. That one for sure stuck with me, but yeah, the movie was very creepy in parts and well done and that uh i just remember hearing later about the guy dying and like all the shit that went wrong filming it yeah it's unfortunate oh yeah yeah. it's horrible it's terrible but on a lighter note what do we got next week (laughs) (laughs) i hope you enjoyed the movies that shaped us but please come back for episode five when we talk about our favorite childhood candy and snacks and just delve into the world of junk food that we 
we're exposed to as children. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, I'm Josh. And I'm Jesse.